This is the Blind Grilling Experience, and I am the most interesting griller in the world. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. My name is Chris Peltz. Welcome everybody who listens to the Blind Grilling Experience. I appreciate it so very much. I really do. I uh, appreciate all the emails everybody sends out and uh, just the encouragement that I get, uh, questions I get, and uh, it's just really great having everybody uh, contact me and just let me know that uh, they're glad that we're back to the podcast and uh, that they're listening. Uh, it's a really big encouragement to me. I, I probably say it every week, but it's it's just because it's true. I uh, really do appreciate that. And today, we actually have a very special program for you as well. we got a lot to talk about. we got a special guest we'll get to in just a second. Uh, I am going to talk about a cook, a pork butt, some uh, pulled pork sandwiches that I made, and a technique for reheating barbecue so that it really does taste like it's fresh. Oh, it's unbelievable. I'll give you that tip as well as we get into the podcast. But right now... I have some great, great news. Back joining me today on the Blind Grilling Experience is Gabor the Blind Guy. How you doing, Gabor? You know, you're lucky that I just ate. Every, every time I listen to your podcast, I get so hungry. So I'm like, you know what? Before we really record tonight, I'm going to eat. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing great. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Yeah, I know. We you know, we, believe it or not, we have we've known each other, right? Through the YouTube stuff that we we both did for over 4 years now. Yeah. I mean, that that I was thinking about that earlier today and I, that just blew my mind. I was like, "Wow. I can't believe it's been that long." And of course, you know, the past two and a half years have flown by just with everything going on in the world all together, but um, just going back, you know, yeah, it's it's been a long time, and uh, I, you know, I, I thought it was it was pretty cool, and and you actually got to meet some of my family. I know. So, uh, my youngest daughter Grace and my wife Michelle made it down to your neck of the woods, and and uh, while they were a little bit north of you, they're like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I mean, you you said, hey, tell them to come down to visit. So I told them you could, they could, and. And yeah, they came down and and uh, met with you and your family. Well, yeah, it was it was kind of um, fun meeting them. They were in the Tampa, Florida area, and uh, Michelle, your wife, was uh, messaging me saying, "Oh, we're going to come down. You know, let's have lunch." And she's like, oh, "Where where should we eat?" So I was giving her a bunch of you know different restaurants in the area. You know, actual restaurants, not like you know Burger King or McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling her about the Greek restaurant, this restaurant, that restaurant, and the restaurant she picked. I was kind of like, oh, she's not going to like that. Because <laughs> I, pers- for some reason, everyone in town here loves, I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant, obviously, yeah. but everyone loves that restaurant. They think it's the best ever. I don't. I think the food's very, like, gross there. But anyway, we went there, and while we're eating in my head, I'm like, oh, man, I hope she likes the food here. Because, you know, I want to make a good impression on, you know, Blind Grilling's wife and daughter. Yeah. But they seem to enjoy themselves, and. It was it was really nice getting to meet them, but you know, eventually you and I need to meet in person, not yeah, just through these podcasts and 
YouTube collaborations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We and we will, Lord willing, it'll happen. But uh, you know, and that's my wife and and daughter just definitely enjoyed meeting you and your family and and getting together with you guys in person. That was cool. I I miss it. I I, I missed it. I wish I could have been there, but uh, is what it is. And uh, maybe some other time. But uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out and saying, hey, you know, and uh, even to, to to family, even though I wasn't with them, you know, so that that's yeah. really cool. And uh, some other you got some other great news. I mean, it's been a long time. You know, it's been two years since I uh, have really been doing the podcast thing. And uh, you were uh, a guest on the first season of the Blind Grilling Experience. One thing, though, that we didn't talk about that. Uh, we can mention now is I, in fact, I don't think I realized it. I don't know if I realized it by the time we did the podcast, but I know it was a few years into just, you know, talking back and forth that uh, you're technically not a U.S. citizen. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've lived in the United States for over 38 years. Um, both my parents are U.S. citizens. My stepmom's U.S. citizen. Obviously, my wife. All my literally everyone in my family is a U.S. citizen, except for me. And um, I don't have any excuses. It's just I've just been lazy. So you know, in my twenties, you know, life got in the way. I got married, started having kids. In my thirties, you know, I went blind. You know, brain tumor, all that medical stuff. Yeah, all that got in the way. And then you know, just this year, I turned forty-two years old, and I'm like. Okay, Gabor, stop, stop coming up with excuses. It's time to become a naturalized citizen. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you're that's, you're that's not undocumented. At. No, yeah, I'm, I'm here legally. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Legit, like I have a green card and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's you good. know, obviously, I can't vote. I can't do any of that stuff. And you know, I I want to do that stuff. I want to take part. In, you know, do my civic duties and you know, vote and do all that kind of stuff. So that's right. what I need to do. Absolutely. And that opened. That opened up a can of worms, by the way. Yeah, well, we don't necessarily have to get into it unless, you know, uh, well, I, well, okay, I don't know what you're going to get into, but. Um. <laughs> I'll just talk about my uh, cataract surgery. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, in order to, um, just real quick, in order to become a U.S. citizen, part of that is you have to take a reading and writing test because obviously <laughs> they want you, they want people to be able to speak English when they become U.S. citizens and. Obviously, I can do that, and I can read and write, but now that I'm blind, I can't, so I asked for an exemption, so my neuro-ophthalmologist signed off on that, but when he looked into my eyes, he's like, Gabor, your cataracts are really, really thick now, to the point where, you know, we need to do something about it, so that led to a whole nother ordeal where I had to go to a cataract surgeon, um, led to a bunch of more seizures. So now I got to watch my seizures. <laughs> so yeah. it's just becoming a U.S. citizen led to a bunch of medical stuff and everything. But everything's getting taken care of now. So I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. So okay, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I, well, I'm excited for you. I'm glad that they are they're making some accommodations for you. In fact, you just found that out. Um, yeah, like you know. today they called saying that um, I could either spell out the words or I could just not do the test at all. Um, the, the only portion I do have to take is a civics test, which um, there's 100 questions and they ask 10 of them and you have to get at least six of them right. So as long as you pa pass with six of them, you uh, you pass the test. OK, gotcha. And then they interview you, make sure, you know, you're an upstanding citizen, make sure, you know, you, you haven't killed anyone, you know, stuff like yeah. that. 
make sure you pay your taxes, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Too bad they don't ask everybody coming across the border some of those questions, but uh, yeah. make sure of that. But that's another story for another day, I guess. Um, but, uh, well, good luck, man. I, I certainly have prayers are going to be with you on that and things go well. Oh, and you. I know you're excited about it and, uh, I'm, we're excited for you on all of that. So, um, but, uh, we got some things we want to talk about. We're going to talk about, um, just, uh, some overzealous helpers when they find out that, uh, <laughs> we are blind or visually impaired and, um, some fake healers. We're going to get into that a little bit too, I think. So uh, we got a, a few things we're going to talk about. But before we do that, I do want to talk about the cook that I just did uh, with the pork butt, and uh, just it's probably something that I've I, I know I've had on the YouTube channel. So if folks could go back and actually watch the video, blind grilling, uh, and look up the pork butt or pulled pork sandwiches, I, I can't remember the title of it, but. Um, just go through all the videos. Just watch them all. Just watch them all, right? Give me the give me the watch time. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, but uh, it, it's it's pretty simple. We had an eight and a half pound pork shoulder bone in, and I use uh, and I've used several things. There, there's a new one. I didn't use it on this cook, but there is one that I really love, and um, it is DB one eighty is the brand, and they're perfect pork, which is really good. Uh, DB one eighty is the brand of seasoning and rubs. They've got a lot of them, but their perfect pork is really good. But I use this brand Simply Marvelous, and it's a spicy apple rub, which is awesome. And I'll go ahead, and the night before I'm going to cook, I'll go ahead and, and rub it down with the spicy apple rub and let it set for a little bit. And then I set it in a bowl full of apple juice and basically marinate it. Just let it set in apple juice overnight. And the next morning I get up, and I fire up the big green egg and indirect cook uh, with the plate setter in or the convector in, and uh, and I add apple wood to my charcoal. Uh, I get it lit, and I set it to 275 degrees. Once it comes up to temp, I take that pork butt and uh, you know get all the apple juice drained off of it. I go ahead and add more seasoning, the, the spicy apple seasoning all over it, and I put it on the egg for... The first four hours, uncovered, un unwrapped, just four hours sitting in the smoke, uh, really developing the bark that that rub gives, which is just amazing. The you know every picture I take, everyone that sees it, everyone comments on the coloring that I get from the you know the using the fogo charcoal, apple wood, and this uh, spicy apple seasoning from Simply Marvelous. And uh, after four, four and a half hours, I wrap it and put a probe in it and take it to anywhere from 200 to 207 degrees internal temp, which is really just probe tender. Uh, and then I pull it, set it in a cambro until we're ready to eat. Total cook time on this particular pork butt was right at seven hours. And so, um, it, and it, it was amazing. I mean, it just, it shredded. It wasn't mushy. It still had some... Um, you know, a little bite to it as far as shredding it. Uh, and, you know, we made some awesome um, pork sandwiches. I had uh, some leftovers tonight with some sliders. Uh, and again, it was, it was awesome. So I, I love the pork butt. I love the cook. I love pork, pork sandwiches. And, you know, when you combine that with that apple, I mean, just apple wood, apple seasoning, uh, apple juice, everything, it just, it just uh, takes it to a new level. It's awesome. So, you ought to give that a try and uh, in just a few minutes because that was the, on a Wednesday, 
And on a Friday, I ate it, uh, reheated it up. And I'm going to give you a tip and just a little bit on how I went about doing that um, in in just a minute. So uh, so bear with us as we get into a little bit more discussion now with Gabor. Gabor, um, you know, we love to eat, right? I mean, you and I, that's probably what we talk about more than anything else, the weather and food. Well, you, you know, you, you just described what you made, but what, what Chris fails to mention is while he was doing all that, he was texting me these voice messages going, oh, I'm making some delicious pork butt, and I'm going to shred it and put on sliders, and then, you know, I got some fresh, freshly picked corn on the cob from my father-in-law, we're going to grill that, then my wife is frying some okra, and oh, did I mention I made some blueberry cheesecake dumplings? And I'm like, uh, I want some. <laughs> yeah, man, that, dude, you remember the has, entire menu. He just has to, to rub it in. Because I told him, I'm like, oh, Chris, we just had some Chinese food for lunch. And he's like, well, let me tell you what I had. That's right. You had to one-up me. That's right. Oh, man, I tell you what, that corn on the cob. And I can't eat corn anymore because of uh, health issues. But, uh, I, man, I, you know, my father-in-law grows some amazing corn on the cob. He really does. And, and for a year, I mean, I, I've known him for 26 years, and it, it's just always been great. I mean, not just good, it's been great. And he came and delivered this, you know, brought some corn over to us, and he's like, this is probably the best I've ever made. I'm like, oh, oh man. <laughs> and, man, we, you know, because we feed the college kids from church on Wednesday nights here at the house, and... Uh, oh man, they they were just they were eating it up. They were saying it was some of the best corn in the cob they've ever eaten. And then we had some tomatoes from his garden. We sliced those, and dude, just a little salt and pepper. And those those are some of the most delicious tomatoes uh. I've ever eaten. <laughs> Love. Oh my goodness. And then yeah, my well, wife fried okra. So, well, let me tell you about what, how I cook. So I open up the packet of ramen noodles, and then I pour it in the bowl and put water <laughs> in it. And I put it in the microwave for two minutes. <laughs> That's some gourmet Hungarian cooking right there. There you go. That's right, man. Satisfying the hungry Hungarian right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Man. Well, uh, you know, we love food. We love to eat, uh, regardless of how we make it, regardless of how we cook it, even if we go out to eat. But that's another thing. And that's something I want to talk about, too, is, you know, when we go out to eat, or if we're at someone's home, even, uh, and we're with some folks, whether we've known them for a while or, or you know, fairly, you know, new relationships, new friendships, um, inevitably, one of the things that happen is people get extremely zealous about wanting to help us know where things are. And, you know, we always talk about the clock method on the plate, right? You know, letting us know yes. where food is and which is great. I mean, that, that can be helpful. There's no doubt about it, but there, you know, um, some folks are just, they have to help. It's not that, you know, Oh, do you need help? Do you need me to tell you where anything is? They don't ask questions. They just start going through and telling you where everything is. And, and so they, they little zealous, I would say, uh, for trying to help. And, and there's a couple of things that I, the reason I wanted to bring this up because, um, it can be done in such a way that is helpful, that is that is kind and kind of nonchalant. Hey, this is over here, this is over there. 
but generally that's not, I mean that I get that sometimes and I, I uh, you know travel with family I travel with a brother-in-law uh, in fact I'll be traveling with him um, here very soon on a fishing trip and uh, you know when some something is brought out he, you know he kind of gives me a starting point of something but it's just like hey this is over there just you know it's like okay cool thanks you know and that and I go from there but then there are those people and I think you've experienced this experienced this too Gabor where Okay, Gabor. It's like you're a child. Yeah. And that that gets a little condescending. That gets a little bit unnerving, right? And and yeah. Maybe just talk a little bit, not necessarily yet how to respond, but just how it makes you feel. I mean, as I always say, I, you know, I don't speak for all blind people. I'm just speaking for myself. But for me, it's an issue of dignity. Like I've for the past seven plus years now I've been blind and you know, I've, I've been trying my hardest to be independent. I don't want to be a burden on anyone. You know, I just, I, for those, for those of you that remember me from my YouTube days, you know, I'd showed you guys how I folded laundry, how I did everything. So I feel very independent. I don't like to have my abilities questioned. I almost get offended by that when I have my parenting skills questioned for being blind, you know, stuff like that. So if someone is, offering me unsolicited help I kind of take that personally like they feel like oh because he's blind you know he he can't do this can't do that can't and I'm like you know you don't need to tell me that my steak is at six o'clock on my plate okay I I know how to eat I've been doing this for a while now and you know normally I I I try not to be rude so I'm just like okay thank you you know and you know we my family eats out a lot we just do and for example, like today, we went out to eat right before we started recording this, and I ordered a, um, you know, a sandwich. And you know, sometimes at, at restaurants, the sandwiches aren't put together; they're just kind of open faced. So I just simply asked my wife, "I'm like, is my food ready to go, or do I need to do anything with it?" And by that, you know, she knows what I mean. Like, do I need to put the sandwich together? Is the salad dressing on the salad? You know, she knows, but she knows not to bug me, quote unquote, unless I ask for help because she knows I will ask for help. And that's that's my that's my mentality or whatever is if I need help, I'll ask for it. I don't need people, you know, offering their help unsolicitedly unless I'm in danger, because there, there's been times in the past where, you know, I was lost in the middle of a parking lot. They didn't know which way to go. And out of nowhere, my neighbor shows up and she's like, good boy, are you OK? I'm like, oh, thank God you're here. I'm, yeah, I'm lost. Please help me. Please yeah. help me. Because she just. Yeah, I got turned around in the parking lot. So she helped me, you know, back to the sidewalk. Um, you know, there's times where we're walking through the Walmart parking lot and out of nowhere, my wife just pretty much tackles me and shoves me out of the way. And I'm like, what? And then I feel like the wind of a car gushing by, like rushing by really fast. So yeah, if she wouldn't have pushed me out of the way, I'd, I would have gotten run over by a car. So, yeah. you know, there's there's a difference. Like if some if a blind person is in danger, then yes, obviously by all means, step in and help them. But, you know, if they just sit down at the table and they're ready to eat, unless, you know, they're having trouble, just kind of sit there and watch them for a minute or so. See if they need help. Because trust me, most blind people will ask for help if they need it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And it, now, and so that, you know, there, there's a couple of ways now to respond to that because I, I've been seeing a lot of posts, right? I've been hearing a lot of posts of, of folks that have been just – blind and visually impaired people being very upset 
about how they're treated by decided that, uh, you know, uh, do either trying to do things for them or talking to them in, in ways of, you know, uh, whether it's guiding them or telling them where things are. Um, and, and it makes them feel like a child. Right. And now I've heard it where someone is very respectful and just, Hey, you know, nonchalant and, and it's all good. And I, and I don't think there's any problem with that, but then I've also heard it where, you know, uh, someone talks to me, you know, as though, you know, I'm, I'm some type of, uh, invalid who can't do anything. And, yeah. and that, you know, it, it, it can be a little nerve wracking, a bit, a little upsetting, um, you know, on how people approach that subject. But the thing is, I think we need to really understand where they're coming from, right? Because I mean, we we look at ourselves and we we kind of focus in on, you know, where we're at. We know where we're at. We know what we can do when we need help, when we don't need help. And the fact is, there are times when we do need help, but they don't know that uh, often. Um, and, and granted, there are some people that just, they, you can tell them and explain it to them and they just don't seem to get it. But for the most part, if, if you explain something to someone or if they're around you enough, they understand. And they, you know, like you were saying with your wife and, and like, you know, me and my brother-in-law and, and others that I hang out with a lot, you know, they, uh, you know, it, it, it's all good. I mean, it's, you know, they, they do just enough you know, unless, you know, I ask for more <laughs> and it's, you know, kind of get into a routine and it's good. But the problem is they don't know. A lot of times people don't know up front and, and they usually complain about strangers who are doing things. Um, and, you know, because it happens so often, it can be frustrating because it's happening a lot to us. But I think one thing we lose sight of, pun intended, is the fact that, while it's happening a lot to us, uh, it's not the same person. It, it may be their first time doing something or saying yeah. something to us. Uh, and so uh, sometimes we need to remember that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and there's some cases, especially with me, like I've been told dozens of times that I don't look blind. Like people, when I, when I'm out in public, I don't, feel the need to advertise that I'm blind. Like when I'm with my wife, I don't have my white cane with me or anything. Yeah, I just hold on to the shopping cart and we go shopping. So I don't quote unquote look blind. And for example, yesterday we were in Walmart and you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, I've been having, you know, focal seizures where I'm just kind of zone out for a minute. I start like jitter, you know, start jittering. So my wife left me down one of the aisles. So I'm kind of zoned out and this guy's like, excuse me, excuse me. And of course I'm zoned out. And finally, I hear my wife, Barbara, oh, sir, I'm sorry, he's blind. What do you need? And the guy, you could tell he got so embarrassed. He's like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend you. And I'm like, no, no, sir, you're fine. No worries. No, I'm serious. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm like, how did, how did you offend me? You didn't offend me at all, sir. Well, I didn't know you were blind. I'm like, well, sir, it's fine. No worries. You did nothing wrong. Like, I think that's a situation, too, where, you know, sometimes they're they're afraid that, you know, they, they, they're, they're offending us because they're signaling, they're like signaling us out, like, oh, we're, they're drawing attention to our disability, which, you know, that's not the situation. But like this guy, like yesterday, like he was so apologetic that I started feeling bad for him. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You feel sorry it, for them. It's funny. 
Yeah. I mean, if anything, he helped me take me out of my little temporal lobe seizure I was having. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess the, the point that I really want to make is, you know, uh, we need to be educators to the general public, mm-hmm. to the sighted world. And just as with teachers who are asked the same questions every day, sometimes by the same student, <laughs> but sometimes there's that one student who's never asked a question and they ask a question that someone else has asked, but it's their first time asking it. And they, you know, as a teacher, you know, they are, they handle it, right? They they deal with that like it's the first time, even for them hearing the question, and and sometimes that's the approach that we need to take. We we need, and it's hard. That it all of this is easier said than done. Yeah, we, I get that. I'm I'm in the situation, right? I'm I'm completely blind. Gabor's completely blind. I mean, we we're in this situation where, um, you know, we go through this, and and people, you know, do things that others have done over and over and over again. And yet they're, you know, they're doing it for the first time. We need to realize that, you know, it, they need the education as well. Well, yeah. It's like, we need to walk a mile in their shoes too. I mean, yeah, I experienced that in my YouTube days where, you know, I, I got asked the same question all the time. Well, well, if you're blind, how are you reading this comment? Well, if you're blind, how are you doing this? You know, with YouTube, and numerous people just call me out saying, you're not actually blind. You're faking it, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, after so much of that, it, you know, I'm, I'm really quick to anger sometimes. So, you know, I remember one of the last few videos I did, this guy was like, well, if you're blind, how are you reading my reply? And I'm like, it's this thing called technology. You know, I, I had this really <laughs> yeah. snarky reply. And he just honestly wanted to know. He wasn't like, you know, being nasty, but he just honestly wanted to know know how blind people read comments on YouTube and stuff. But in my head, he was being one of the mean people questioning my ability. So I snapped back at him and I felt so bad afterwards, you know? Sure. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it happens. And, and listen, there are people that just for some, even with everything they've seen us do, everything they've, they've, you know, even sometimes being around us, they still either, you know, will make a comment or say something as though someone who's blind or visually impaired is completely helpless and can't do anything. And, and they know better. Uh, They know it's just the way that they have been either raised or brought up or taught growing up. And it, it, you know, you're a phenomenon, right? You're an anomaly that just, just isn't, the norm when in fact we're really probably more of the norm uh, when it comes to blind and visually impaired than, than, you know, the other way. So, um, but uh, so hopefully it not only can the, if there's anyone cited who listens to the podcast, you know, just really consider, just ask, you know, Hey, do you need help? You know, do you need to know where anything is? Um, You know, and uh, you know, understand that's the best or proper way to go about it. Um, otherwise, you know, just let us figure it out and we'll do all right. And if we need help, we can ask. And so, but yeah, we generally appreciate when folks, you know, just say, hey, if you need help, let me know. Well, yeah, it's like I said earlier. I mean, like, you know, if my neighbor didn't help me, I would still be lost in that parking lot. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we're human too. Like, you know, every blind person is different. Um, I'm really independent. Chris is really independent, but you know, my mother, she took care of an 87-year-old blind woman who, you know, recently blind, and she couldn't do anything. Like, literally, my mom had to do everything for her, including everything in the bathroom, you know, just literally everything. Like, how you know, picking up cups and stuff. 
and I used to tell my mom, like, how, how do you deal, like, how? <laughs> like, yeah, why? Like, I understand yeah. she's newly blind, but it's like, and my mom's like, well, you know, she's 87 years old. She's had sight her entire life. And, you know, just like that, you know, her vision went away. So, you know, for her, she can't cope with it as quickly as you or some of your other blind friends have, you know? Yeah. So and that, like and that's said, it's, it's different with every person, you yeah. know? And that, and that's fair, you know, that, uh, she recognizes that and, um, yeah, because it is different. Everybody is different and, and copes with it different. Uh, and some folks handle the, the, you know, the overzealous helpers a little easier than others. Um, uh, it rolls off my back pretty good. You know, I, I know people are just trying to be kind and helpful and it's like, that's all, you know, I, I'll let them. That's all good. Well, yeah, I don't get you offended know? at all by that. Like normally, like when people are like, oh, your steak's at six o'clock. I'm just like, okay, thank you. Yeah. I don't, I'm not one of those like disabled people that get offended like that. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, like you yeah. said, they're just trying to help, you know, they're just trying to be helpful. So even yeah. though, you know, we don't need the help, but you know, in their mind, they're helping me. So yeah. it's a time, it's an opportunity. That, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's an opportunity to teach and educate uh, folks, but it, it isn't necessarily something that, uh, you know, we, we need to snap at folks for. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, for example, my wife broke her arm last month. So it was kind of like a, a role reversal where, you know, my wife's been helping me for seven years. Now I have to help her do everything like, you know, <laughs> getting dressed and all that stuff. But, you know, we had several family members texting me and Barbara nonstop saying, oh, are you guys OK? Like, yeah. Are, are, are the kid? Are you guys being able? Are you guys able to take care of the kids? We're like, yeah. Well, you know, Barbara broke her arm. So who's taking care of the kids? I'm like we are yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. you know and once again it's just me with my ego i started getting offended by that it's like so basically because i'm blind and my wife's arm is broken we can't do anything it's like we're still capable of doing it i've been taking care of my kids blind for over seven years now with no problems at all so yeah you know, know. Th there was a movie that came out not long ago i believe it was called see for me and uh, it was about this this young girl, uh, late teens, um, early twenties, and she was a downhill skier, and she lost her sight. She had RP. I'm pretty sure was in the movies, which is what I have, and so she'd lost her um, her vision, and uh, you know, and the way she talked to people, the way she treated people was was terrible and and it what was what really got me and why I almost didn't watch the movie is in the preview you know when when someone was like oh you know let me show you where that is and she's like no I can find it you know and just just this very short it really I thought rude um but I thought you know what that's that's what I see a lot of in the blind community unfortunately and not everyone obviously but I do see it a lot and uh, and I saw that in in that in some of the previews of that movie, and I almost didn't watch it. And I thought, you know what? I am going to watch this movie. And it wasn't a bad movie necessarily, but I mean, it was pretty good actually. And and in the end, you know, things it had lots of twists and turns. Not to be you know a spoiler alert, but you know, um, it it, it, it kind of surprising <laughs> twists and turns actually. But the the attitude does change, which uh, was great. You know, it really was great because she needed help when she didn't want help. And the way she treated those who were trying to help her, yeah, her was really rude. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, so I, I thought that was interesting. And, and I, you know, while it was a make believe movie, uh, I thought it, the, the girl playing the visually impaired, um, you know, 
individual portrayed what I have seen so often so well. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought that was that part was was really good. So, um, all right, man. Well, I tell you what, I am going to talk a little bit about uh, what I promised earlier, and that is my favorite way of reheating barbecue, so that it will taste like it is basically fresh off the smoker. Yes, it is possible. Yes, it can happen. Before we get to that, though, give us an email, blindgrilling at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast and you want to send those to me, I appreciate it and love hearing from everybody. Blindgrilling at gmail.com is the email address. And, uh, yeah, just really uh, love hearing from folks. Appreciate everybody who listens, who downloads and shares out the podcast. It means a lot to me, and uh, hopefully we can grow our audience and uh, our community as well, uh, helping folks to become independent uh, in the kitchen and at the grill and in every other aspect of life, uh, as we'll see in this podcast moving forward. Lots of things that I love to do, lots of activities uh, and hobbies that I have, and I do them uh, blind. And so uh, hopefully I can, I can uh, encourage and inspire others to get out and try things uh, who are blind or visually impaired and, and do these things for themselves. All right, so so how do I reheat barbecue? So I, I smoked a brisket a few weeks ago, and we had a little bit of leftovers. And then, of course, uh, I, I reheated it this way. Uh, the pork butt that we smoked on this past Wednesday I, you know, reheated it for supper the following Friday, and uh, and this is how I did it. Of course, once we had the leftovers, before we put them away, we put them in uh, a bag that we vacuum seal. So vacuum seal the leftovers. That's key, right? So you vacuum seal the leftovers, and then when you're ready— to eat. And, and I would say do it in portions that you're going to eat, that not all of it in one bag, right? Split it up into what you would eat for leftovers in your portions and vacuum seal those separately, individually. Uh, and then you're going to get out that new way of cooking that I talked about a few episodes ago, and that is your sous vide cooker. And you're going to set that sous vide to 140 degrees. And once it comes to temp, you're going to set that vacuum sealed bag still sealed up in the sous vide cooker and let it go for about an hour. And, uh, yeah, it takes a little time. Like takes a little planning, but I'll tell you what it will be when you get that out and you cut that bag open, that is going to be like, you just pulled it off the smoker. It is so good. And all its own juices, the, everything is just all right there. The flavor, the seasoning, it isn't microwaved and hard and and uh, overdone at you know and hot in the middle and cold on the outside or vice versa. What you know and all the issues that comes with that. It is thoroughly heated through all the way and it tastes fresh. It's awesome. I love it. A another reason to promote a sous vide cooker for uh, those who love barbecue and always have leftovers but don't necessarily aren't thrilled with uh, the conventional ways of reheating barbecue. There's definitely a better way, and I think sous vide is it. So 
again, that is my tip for reheating barbecue. If you have any more questions, comments, anything about the podcast, email us at blindgrilling at gmail.com. All right, Gabor, one more thing that I want to talk about on today's podcast. And I think it go it's beyond the overzealous helper. And, and this is something I've had experience with, not only as a gospel preacher working in churches in Missouri and Colorado and Kentucky and in Tennessee uh, and, and a few other places as well. Um, you know, I, I've run into fake healers. I've run into folks who claim to have miraculous spiritual gifts, which they do not have. And I'll be happy to discuss with anyone uh, the scriptures on this and and show the difference of what people claim today and what actually happened biblically. And because we've both experienced this and you even more recently, uh, I think. So if you why don't you tell us about what happened to you? Well this was probably around 2000, 2020. So it wasn't that recent, but still right before COVID started. So my wife and I were shopping in a Dollar Tree and you know we we're going up and down all the aisles and all of a sudden this guy comes up to me out of nowhere. He's kind of whispering, and he's like, hey, um, I noticed that you're blind. And I'm like, okay. Um, Would you be okay if I prayed for you? I'm like, oh, that's fine. You know, I have nothing against different religions. You know, I, you know, believe what you want to believe. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that's nice. I'd respect that. Yeah, please go ahead. Okay, so real quick, right there. Right. So prayer, that's one thing. Right. That that's, you know, somebody wants to pray for you, you know, that's kind, that's nice. All well and good. All right. So go ahead. So that's well, not yeah, the had, issue. <laughs> I've had I've had plenty of family members say, you know, I'll pray for you. Yeah, I, yeah, when yeah. I first went blind and you know. Yeah. So anyway, this guy comes up out of nowhere, just says, Oh, do you mind if I pray for you? And I'm like, sure, that'd be nice. You know, I, I thought maybe he meant like, you know, this Sunday when he goes to church, he'll pray for that blind guy he saw at the dollar store, you know. So and then all of a sudden out of nowhere. He puts his hands over my eyes and starts praying quietly, like, Jesus, please take this poor souls. And he's like, oh, what's, what's your name? I'm like, Gabor. Oh, please take Gabor's. Uh, and he's just getting more and more intense, more fire and brimstone. He's literally near the end. He's yelling in the store, Jesus, take this man and give him his vision back and take his blindness away. And you'll just like just screaming and talk about awkward. Yeah. You know, I, I was so embarrassed and I'm, I could just imagine all the people in the store just staring at us. And I knew my wife, the minute this was over, she's going to make fun of me nonstop. <laughs> so anyway, and the, the guy stops, you know, a good minute of just very loud, like intense mm-hmm. screaming. And he takes his hands off my eyes and I open my eyes and he's like, okay, sir. Can you see? Did Jesus restore your vision? And I'm like, nope, I'm still blind. But I, I'm sure, you know, in time, my vision will come back. Thank you. <laughs> and I just start walking away. Because I didn't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I'm walking, like, kind of like I was so embarrassed. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, quote, unquote, looking at towards Barbara. I'm like, okay, Barbara, can we? Can we leave? Because I feel yeah. really stupid right now. And I could just tell Barbara's like holding in laughter. Yeah. And this was what and I'm like, I wish I was still doing YouTube because this would this would have been something I would have talked about on my YouTube channel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I've had that. I've I've had experiences. Um, you know, someone have actually come into the church buildings 
where I was preaching. And after sometimes interrupting, uh, one guy interrupted services when I was preaching in Jefferson City, Missouri, back in 2004 and 2005. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, you know, let's finish the services and we can have a discussion afterwards. And then that's what he, you know, he wanted to pray and lay hands on me. And, 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 uh, you know, obviously it, it didn't work because he doesn't have that miraculous ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and in Colorado, there was an individual that, um, you know, he, he, he claimed that God spoke to him and said that, you know, he, he's the one that's supposed to come and, and heal this blind guy. You know, when I was doing, I was doing live radio call in programs and, uh, I never, mentioned that I was blind on the programs, but, you know, uh, you know, I talked about a blind guy who would leave this building and, you know, talking about myself in that respect, but kind of in the third person. And the guy's like, yeah, he, he called up on live on the program on the air. And it's like, yeah, God spoke to me and told me that he wants me to heal the guy that you're talking about. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's meet then. And uh, yeah, there's, you know. uh, there's videos about that on YouTube. Cause of course, you know, when all that happened, I was like, is this a thing? And I, there was this one, this, I guess he's some big time preacher or whatever. And he's doing these faith healings down in Central America. And this guy, I guess has been, he's been blind for like 20 years. And then he starts praying for him. And then the guy's vision came back just instantly. And the preacher's like, can you see? And the guy's like, yes. How many fingers am I holding up? Four just all monotone. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, if I was blind for 20 years and my vision just miraculously came back, <laughs> I'd be screaming in excitement. Yeah, right. I'd probably yeah. faint. I'd be so excited. I wouldn't just be sitting there going, yeah, I can see you now. Yeah. Right. You know, like it was but, just so monotone about it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like obviously it was a fake, it was one of those fake ones you know, with the actors in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the Benny Hinn and these other fake healers have deceived so many people. And I'll tell you why I say this. First Corinthians chapter thirteen, and uh, you know verses eight through thirteen. It you know Paul talks about things that were in part knowledge in part, um, tongues in part. Uh, you know miraculous spiritual gifts. That when that which was perfect has come, that which is in part would be done away with. That which is perfect is that which is complete. That's what the word means, and. And many have tried to say, oh, that's talking about when Jesus comes back. And No, it's talking about His Word. When the Word is delivered, which we have, the Bible, the Word has been delivered. We have it now. And so those miraculous spiritual gifts have ceased. That's what Paul said. These things would cease. And the reason that we know that that's what he's talking about is he says that when these things cease, three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Well, think about this. When when Jesus returns to deliver the kingdom up to the Father in heaven, then faith will be done away with and hope will be realized for the saved. And the only thing that remains then is love. That's why it is greater than faith and hope. And so, uh, you know, while faith and hope remains, you know, that which is complete has been delivered. The Word of God has been delivered the inspired text of King Jesus, we have it. We can look to it. We don't need miraculous spiritual gifts uh, because they've they've accomplished what God you know gave them for, and there's no apostles to lay hands on to pass those gifts on, uh, it, it, and so now people are just deceiving and lying about it. Unfortunately, 
and people get caught up in it. Uh, they People are embarrassed by it, uh, and, of course, people are given a false sense of hope uh, through all of these fake healers, and it's a shame. It really is a shame. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and like, like, I'm sure the guy at the store that was, you know, praying for me, I'm sure he was just, like we said earlier with the overzealous people that want to help, I'm sure he didn't mean anything malicious or anything, but he was honestly, in his head, he was doing something good. He was helping me out. But then there's those that, you know, should know better. Like you said, you know, if you really are, you know, a man of God and you actually read the Bible as it's written, you would know that this is, excuse my language, BS, you know, so it's like, and then the ones like the really fake healers, the ones that charge for stuff like that, you know, no. It's, yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, Gabor. Well, I appreciate you coming on and being on, getting us caught up on some things that have been going on with you. We're looking forward to having you back on once you become a citizen, man. I'm excited about that. Yes. August 29th at 9.30 a.m. is my interview and my civics test. And I've already, I'm already forcing, I mean, I've already asked Chris to have me back on probably like <laughs> the first week of September so we can talk about all that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'm excited then, for you. And then you need to have your daughter back on, Sarah, because last week's episode, man, that was probably the best episode you've ever had. Your daughter is such a character. <laughs> she's a <laughs> all hoot. the stories she was telling. Oh, man, she's a you hoot. Try, try yeah. to have her on more often. That was funny. I'll try. Yeah, I'll try. It's hard when they live out of state, but, yeah, I'll definitely try. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for being on. Again, I appreciate that, and uh, we'll be yeah, in thanks. touch soon for sure. Folks, thanks again for listening to the Blind Grilling Experience. And as always, remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. You ain't cooking. <laughs>